psalmist says, great is thy faithfulness. Great is his mercy. Great is his love. Psalmist wrote, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The Bible records that our God is full of unfailing love, full of mercy. He told Paul, my grace is more than enough. Or another word, sufficient. Anybody here glad that our God looks past our faults and sees our needs? Anybody here glad that our God sits high, but yet he looks low to see about his people? Now he sees every tear that falls. He knows all about our troubles. And, and, and catch this, he can deal with them one by one. Mm. That's good news, knowing that my problem is different than your problem, but my God can solve it. Just as he can solve yours. And I don't have to get a number. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. I don't have to wait in line. Because just when I need him, it's when he steps in. At the right time, not not too late, not a day's late, but at the right time. I'm grateful for what our Lord can do for us. May we turn to the word in Romans, 8th chapter. Romans 8th chapter. We're going to look at verses 1. To 11, Romans, the 8th chapter, looking at verses 1 to 11, dealing with the theme of living in the Spirit. Reading from the New Living Translation, if you're not there, say, hold on. Amen. If you're there, say, let us begin. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. 
It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But, can someone say but? You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living with you. Amen. As you take your seat, help me announce this to your neighbor. Tell them, pleasing God. Yes, yes. If you can look at your neighbor, your other neighbor, tell them, help me announce it again. Tell them, pleasing God. God. We're looking at living in the spirit, part one. Looking at this eighth chapter is so rich about how to live in the spirit. We're first going to talk about pleasing God. Pleasing God, I want to give a background here, is dealing with pleasing him does not mean to do something that pacifies him or makes him happy. But what, really, what the word definition means to please him means to do services or acts according to his will. For an officer to be pleasing to his commander means he is doing what is requested. And so us to be pleasing to God, we need to do his will. Tell your neighbor, do his will. And so in doing his will means we are living in the spirit and not in the flesh. Y'all with me here? And so in order for me to please God, I first have to be in the spirit. Y'all with me? And so for me to be in the spirit, I first have to know Christ. But if I do not know Christ, then I am living in the flesh. And if I'm living in the flesh, I'm not doing works of the spirit, but I'm doing works of the flesh. And if I'm doing works of the flesh, I'm not pleasing God, but I'm pleasing myself. Hello, somebody. And if I'm pleasing myself, I'm not going to get life and peace, but all the fruit I'm going to get, the result I am going to get, help me out, tell your neighbor, you're just going to get death. So if you're satisfied with getting death, keep on doing what you're doing. But if you want life and you want peace, you need to be in the spirit. And so to be in the spirit, you have to first understand that you've been set free. Tell your neighbor, I've been set free. We celebrated Independence Day and liberation from, from being under one rule to become a sovereign government. We get, we should always look at every day we wake up as a day of independence for us. That we were once under the law, but now we have been set free. How is it that we're set free from the law? It points out that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning this, that now, now means presently, as I am writing this letter, Paul is saying, right 
now there's no condemnation. There is no judgment or punishment for God's people because sin no longer applies to you because you are dead to sin. He wrote earlier that we were baptized in his death. Therefore, we rose with him in his resurrection. So therefore, we should no longer live in death or in bondage or in slavery of sin, but we've been set free. Anybody here been set free? Let the redeem of the Lord say so. And when we've been set free, we get excited when we can say free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty I'm free at last. We can get excited when we can quote says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. We can get excited and say where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is a liberty. We understand of what it means to be set free, that I have no shackles holding me. I've been free. Hallelujah. I've been free. We realize that our God took us up from the bondage of sin, which will result in death, but he gave us life more abundantly. Gave us everlasting life. He's given us life and peace. Why is that dealing with the word of imputation? He took our sins and put it on him and gave us the gift. Tell you never, he gave God gave you a gift. And one of these gifts he's given us was righteousness. You aren't righteous by yourself, but God made you righteous. And, and by making you righteous, he has declared you to be right with him. And since he made this declaration, tell your neighbor, I've been set free. Because under the law, the penalty is death. There has to be a perfect sacrifice, a sacrifice without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. It has to be a without defect. But tell your neighbor, but Jesus, the Lamb of Judah, he came to take away the sins of the world. And he had no spot. He had no blemish. He had no defect. But tell your neighbor, my Jesus is perfect. And he is so perfect, he satisfied the debt that I owe. I could not pay it. I could not even come close to it. But my God saw my despairing situation. And at the right time, am I talking to somebody here? While I was weak, while I was still a sinner, while I was unable to help myself, he stepped right in. And for that reason, I'm grateful. And so, therefore, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In. Check out these prepositions. In Christ Jesus. Mean you're not out. Means you're in. You can be out or you can be in. If you're out, you're in trouble. Because there's condemnation. There's judgment. There's punishment. And worst of all, there's death. What's worst of all? Why is death? Death means to be absent from God. Help me tell you that to your neighbor in case they may tell. Death is being absent from God. In other words, you, you are where God is not. That's not the place you want to be. But where God is, there's peace. Where God is, there's joy. Where God is, there's no pain, there's no suffering, but yet we realize that he'll wipe away my tears. He'll give me strength in the middle of the storm. Where God is, even though my boat may rock, I know he's still in the boat. We know that he's a present help in the time 
of trouble. Though the earth removed, the earth be shook, I will not be declared because the Lord is my rock. He is my refuge. But it, if you're out, you have no protection. You have no covering. You have no refuge. You have no help. You have no advocate. You have no one that you can say, great is he that's with me than he that's in, in this world. But no, you realize that you're out there with the world. You realize you're against something else. But those who are in, when the, the rain was coming, Noah told them to get on the ark. Because they had to be in the ark to be safe. If they were out of the ark, they were not safe. In the ark, they were safe. Y'all with me here? So tell your neighbor, just get in. So when we get in Jesus, we are letting go of this world, which is on the outside. Y'all with me here? I'm letting go of what's on the outside so I can get with what's on the inside. Catch this. When I get on the inside, I get something inside of me. I'm just excited. I know where I'm going. Y'all catch on with me shortly. Because when I get in them, Jesus promised I'm going to send you an advocate, a paraclete, a comforter, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit. King James Version, the Holy Ghost. And it will hear from the Father. It will empower you. It will teach you to observe all things. And, and Titus goes on to say, it will regenerate me and renew me and give me the strength. Uh, Paul goes on to say that I will be have the power of God's might, that I can stand against the wicked schemes of the enemy, that my power is not carnal, but my powers are mighty in the spirit, able to tear down strongholds. I got the power that I can tell mountain move. I'm just going to stop right there. That's the power that gets in us when we get in him. But if you're not in him, you do not have access to the power. Am I talking to somebody here? And so I have to get access to the power. I got to go to the source. And the law required for sin, there had to be a sacrifice. And the sacrifice had to have no defect. So for God to accept it. And there was only one worthy. God sent his very self. Am I right about it? So now he, he sent him to die for us. And that same power that rose Christ from dead is also in us. So looking at verse 5, look what it says there. It tells us that we should have our mind on what? Therefore, who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. That since I have been set free, that I'm no longer under the slavery and the bondage of sin, now I have the mind and the attitude towards the Spirit. In other words, it's hot outside. Am I right about it? And when it gets hot outside, what do you do with your air conditioner? You turn it on. Do you have a thermostat? And you set it at the temperature you want your house to be in. Am I right about it? The thermostat stays set. The thermostat stays set. The temperature changes. 
but the thermostat regulates how it's going to be in the house. Outside, it may be as hot as who knows what, but inside the house, it's cool and refreshing. Outside of the house, you're working, you're slaving, you're sweating in the yard. You can't wait to come inside and get your cool drink because it's nice and refreshing in the house. The thermostat is the device that automatically regulates the temperature and activates when the temperature goes up or when it goes down. However you have it said that it maintains that temperature in the house. Our mind needs to be a thermostat. Hello, somebody. That no matter how the world crashes around us, you have already made up your mind that you're going to stay right here. That you're not going to lean to your left, you're not going to lean to your right, but you're just going to only lean on Jesus. Someone might tell you turn this way, somebody else might tell you turn that way, but the word tells you go this way. You're going to say, I'm going where the word says. The word, the spirit needs to be your thermostat. You need to rely back on the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you might be wondering, how can I listen to the Holy Spirit? First and foremost, you need to be quiet. We are too much trying to get what we want because we're trying to please ourselves. But it's not about you. God did not create you for yourself. He created us for his glory. And, and, and I put it to you like this, that if you want to be an instrument in God's hand, then you need to let God do his work. If you are in the enemy's hand, then you're not being used, you're being abused. Something not properly used is abuse. And the enemy did not come to give life and life more abundant. No, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he loves collateral damage. He loves getting you and your family. He loves getting you and your friends. He loves giving you and your job. But yet, if you go to Jesus, Jesus will overflow. We bless you that you can bless your family, your friends, and your job. Just what God is doing inside of you. Because light always pushes out darkness. But when we don't have our mind on the spiritual things, we're not trying to please God. We're pleasing ourselves. All you're going to get is death. Some of us are resulting of that while relationships always break in our lives because there's nothing but sin going on in them. So that's why they die. There's nothing there that's going to feed it for it to grow. A lot of us can't keep money because we don't know how to use our money. When you are not using things in the proper sense and it's not lining up according to God's will, there's some reason why it's not working out. I'm just trying to help us to realize that the flesh wants what the flesh wants. But you got to remind the flesh that you're dead and decaying. And there's nothing good in you. Does not to say that the flesh is at enmity with God, hostile towards God. If you want to be an enemy towards God, do what the flesh says. Go ahead and fight God and fight with him and go against him. But you'll find out you can't box with God. You'll last shorter than any Mike Tyson fight. As soon as you walk into the ring, you'll be knocked out because God has looked at you like, oh, I messed up. 
You cannot go against God. Try as you might, the enemy will give you all kind of lies to make you think you're doing it and you're succeeding. But the lies of the enemy is that he got you believing a lie. But if you have your mind on Christ, when lies come against you, your, 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 your Holy Spirit starts ministering to you. He said, no, that's not what the word says. Jesus was in the wilderness. The enemy came after him. Jesus spoke back to him what the word says. The word says man does not supply, survive off bread alone, but on the word of God. He was letting them know every time he came back to him, he responded back with the word of God. Some of us need to spend some more time in the word of God to hear from the Spirit. Some of us only have a Sunday Bible. Only on Sunday you got a Bible. Some of you got a car Bible. Only it's in your car. But some of us need to have the word hidden within our hearts. So that even if you do not have a physical Bible, you have his word in your heart because you've meditated on it. You've studied on it. You said, Lord, I've hidden that word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I cast that there. That means the Holy Spirit's working on you. You're about to lie. The Holy Spirit said, you know, you need to stop. Okay, let me tell the truth. You are about to gossip. The Holy Spirit gets to you. That's not gossip. Oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, let me just be quiet and shut up and say you need to stop talking too. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what you need to do. But the sad point that we rely on our conscience to guide us. But I want you to understand your conscience does not guide us. It only affirms us. Your conscience only confirms what you've already done. You wake up feeling guilty by your conscience. Your conscience reminds you, you know what you did was wrong. It's too late. You knew it was wrong. Your conscience is going to remind you. Yeah, you was wrong for lying. You was wrong for gossiping. You was wrong for going out last night. You was wrong for cheating. It's going to remind you. But when you wake up, because you was obedient to the Spirit, your conscience affirms you. said, don't you feel good today? Oh, yes. You was obedient. You said, oh, yes. You was loving. You said, oh, yes. You're, that way you won't be ashamed of the coming of God. Because there's what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But being in him means you are in him, not out of him. Jesus said, I want you hot or cold. Why does he want you that way? Because if you are lukewarm, he's going to spit you out. And if you're cold, he ain't worried about you. But if you're hot for him, you're in him. Jesus wants all of us. Did he not give all of himself to, to you? So how dare we sell him short? Saying, Lord, I, I give you this much, but I got to hold on to this because you know what I like to do on the weekend. Well, we need to look and say, he died for what you like to do on the weekend. So you need to die too. So that you can live in the spirit. Because you can't, tell your neighbor, you can't live in the flesh and live in the spirit. The two do not mix. It's like oil and water. It won't mix. So you need to set your mind to stay focused on. Let's spend my help with somebody this morning. So when you set your mind on the spirit, you have life and peace. But you set your mind on the flesh, all you get is death. I don't know about y'all, but I like bonuses. <laughs> if I go after the flesh, all I get is one thing. <laughs> but if I go after the spirit, I get two things. I don't know about you, but I like it more than just one. 
And he says, I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly. He says, I'm going to give you life and everlasting life. Y'all see that? I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you peace. He says, come into my father's house. There's joy. Not like the world gives you, but like I give you peace. Not like the world gives you, but like I give you. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. He'll tell us you'll do greater things when we're with him. I'm glad that Jesus lets us know that when you come with me, you'll always get more. But when you go with the enemy, you're always going to get less. I don't know about you. So do you want more or you want less? Think about how the equation works. You can have more or you can have less. Tell your neighbor there's more with Christ. Because he said, I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that you won't have room for. I heard uh, uh, Pastor Hubbard says that God blesses you according to your capacity Talking about the widow who had to go and cast the jars. The more jars she had, the more oil she had. So she kept on collecting jars. And she kept on pouring out until all the jars were filled. Once all the jars were filled, that's when it stopped pouring. And she had more than enough to supply her and her family. I don't know about you, but if you say, Lord, I'm willing to submit myself to you. God said, my grace is sufficient. In other words, more than enough. And he will give you the strength and the capabilities to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Because the just walk by faith and not by sight. And who are the just? I'm glad you asked such good questions. Those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Who are the redeemed of the blood of the Lamb? Those are the ones who are in Christ Jesus. Who are the ones who are in Christ Jesus? They're the ones who have no condemnation. They're the ones that's going to stand before the throne and hear, well done. My good and faithful servant. So tell your neighbor, set your mind on Christ. Let it be a thermostat. No matter how the temperature changes, you are always right there. Let you be set, because look what happens when you have your mind set on him. You start seeing the spirit moving in your life. Because it says this, if you don't know Christ, you're Lord and Savior, this does not apply to you. So I have to put this disclaimer, because i got to preach the truth. But those who know Christ, it says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If what God dwells in you. When you, if God dwells in you again, I told you that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Looking at that word dwell, what does it mean to dwell? It means to live, to inhabit. Jesus says, but lo, I stand at the door knocking. He wrote this to Christians. Y'all missed that. I'm going to leave you alone. That letter went to the church. He says, lo, I stand at the door knocking, sinking, who's going to let me in? And who lets me in? I will sup and commune with them. It means I will sit down at your table and eat with you. I will have fellowship with you because I wish to dwell with you. That's why you can't live in the flesh and dwell with God because God is spirit. And we can only worship, we can only serve God in spirit and in truth. And so when you are living a double life, you are close of cutting yourself up. Because God will not be mocked. 
We looked earlier in Romans, it says that those who were left up to a depraved and a sinful mind, God let them go over because they enjoyed living like that. He gave them over to that place, but he says that they abused his grace, and so therefore they stored up wrath for themselves. But he says God uh, gives us his grace so that we might be led into repentance. And if we're led into repentance, we're led into fellowship with Christ. And when we have fellowship with Christ, he declares us righteous, not because we made ourselves righteous, but the one who died on the cross rose from the grave to declare our justification so that we will be made right with him. That way he said, I got to go to the Father. So when he rose from the grave, uh, he stayed some 40 days. Then he ascended into the heaven and the apostles received the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts first chapter. Go check it out. It came down like power and he says, you are to be my witnesses uh, and you are to be my witnesses. Uh, and that power came on high. He says, I have to to go away. He told him, I got to go away, y'all. Uh, I know y'all want me to stay, but I got to go away so that I can send you the power of the Holy Ghost. And, and, the, and we believe God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God wants to dwell with you. How is he dwelling with us? In the power, in the person of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is in us and dwelling in us, it's amazing how your appetites change. You used to get fed off of gossip, now you get fed off of truth. Come on, somebody. You used to feed yourselves with fornication, now you feed yourself with purity. Come on, somebody. You used to get drunk every night, but now you get filled with the word. Come on, somebody. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Uh, he says, if you ask for me, I would have gave you living water. You would never have thirst. Uh, he says, I am the bread of life. I'm so glad that my God is going to be everything that I need. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, so therefore, that's where I want to be. Where the Lord is. So that he can dwell with me, I can dwell with him. And cast with the power we have being with our Father. When you're with the Father, guess this, who gonna mess with you? So, Pastor Brand said like this, the devil don't like me, and I don't like him. The feeling is mutual. And he throws this one, let's get it on. Because he realized, come on, enemy with your best shot. Because I got the power of the Holy Ghost. Pastor Johnson said it this way, that the devil shouldn't be riding your back. He ain't got no right riding nothing but the bottom of your foot. He should be under our feet. Our enemies become our footstool because we have defeated the enemy through Christ Jesus. Do you not know the same power? The same power that rose Christ from the grave is also in you. So with that power, you can please God because look, it says the flesh cannot please God. Y'all see that verse 8? You cannot please God in the flesh. But sin used this command to, uh, I'm sorry, we're looking at chapter 7, but chapter, chapter uh, uh, 8, verse 8, Lucas said, That is why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. 
It's time for you to set your thermostat so you can please God. If God is not pleased, there's a song that says, what if God was not happy with our praise? We must change the way we live. We must change the way we were. What if God is not happy with our praise? What if he's not pleased with you? Will you change? The time is now. You don't have to look to your left, look to your right. All you got to do is look inside of you. The Bible tells us that we first must remove the plank from our own eye. Because this is kind of hard to deal with somebody else's sin when you haven't dealt with your own sin. But when you are dealing with your own sin, you can go to your other brother and say, hey, man, we got to please the Lord. And they're going to point out to you how you mess up. You say, you're right. And so, so that's why we got to please him. Because <laughs> you can use yourself as, I know I'm messed up, but he's forgiven me. Tell your neighbor, I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. <laughs> Somebody should have shot on that one. Because we realize that there's nothing we can do to fix it, but God has already fixed it. So now we just need to continue working until he comes back. So we need to live to please him because I can't please him in the flesh. So that means we need to change the way we talk, change the way we live. That's what it means to talk about walking, change the way we live or conduct ourselves. That when people see us, they see light, not darkness. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to leave you alone, but I want to make sure you grasp this about how we need to please our God. Does not mean to, to, to pacify him. We pacify people by just doing minimum stuff. But to please him means to serve him. Do the acts that are required. That when somebody faces you and try to tell you what's against the word of God, you will say, I can't please man. I can't please myself, but I will please him. So one day, so one day, we'll be like Paul. When he was standing before Felix and Agrippa. Say that you're trying to make me a Christian. He says, I wish everyone would be like me except these chains. He said, I'm desperate for everyone to be like me except these chains. He said, I wish all would be changed and come to the saving knowledge of Christ. And we should be the same situation that we tell somebody, that I pray to all know him as I know him. To know him in the power of his resurrection. To know him in the power of his liberation. Because I want you to understand, if you think you, that you have a habit, you have an addiction that you cannot kick, you're right. You can't kick it, but God can Because if you have been dead with him and you're alive with him, then there's no need for you to go back to what's dead. But start feeding the spirit. So you have the power through the Jesus Christ. Come on, look at this power. The same power that rose Christ from the dead. Is that power? So can't that power free you from addictions? So don't think that you can't kick the habit. Just say, God, kick it. <laughs> and watch how your perspective changes. Because while you have your thermostat, that I'm going to do things of the spirit, not things of the flesh. And yes, you might lose who you call friends. But you'll gain a, brother, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You might, you might lose your status in this world. But you'll gain a place over in glory and become a co-heir with the heir. <laughs> but it's up to you to make up your mind 
to please God and set your mind like a thermostat. Not be fluctuated what happens in the world, but say, Lord, I'm going to happen. I'm going to act according to your word. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we just come. Realizing, Lord, that we want to please you. And, Lord, we realize, Lord, that our lives do not always line up. That we're not always perfect. But, God, we thank you for your grace. That you promise us that you are faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness if we confess. And so, Lord, we confess, God, that we have allowed our selfish nature to get the best of us. That we have fed our flesh more than we fed our spirit. But, Lord, we repent of that now. Lord, we want to be fully surrendered to you. We want to have a made-up mind to honor you, God, in spirit and in truth. That, Lord, that we will allow your Holy Spirit that has been deposited upon us, guaranteeing our call of redemption will be evident in everything we say and that we do. That our, our house will change, our workplace will change because of the power of you, O oh God, that's in us. Oh, dwell among us, almighty God. May my vessel be your temple. May I be a sanctuary for you to see your fruit of your spirit moving in my life. That my marriage will be blessed. My children will be blessed. My family will be blessed. My household will be blessed. Knowing that there's a home over in glory and that this place is not our home, so we're not concerned of satisfying the flesh but feeding the Spirit. Father, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is their Lord. He died on the cross for their sins and rose from the grave on the third day. Is now seated at the right hand of you, O God, interceding on their behalf. And Lord, that they can just confess, I am a sinner. And Lord, I am in need of you to come into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior, and Lord, that they will be blessed by the gift of your Holy Spirit to help them walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, to live this life as, as you've called them to. Lord, have your way in this place is our prayer. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We send a hand of disciples, say there might be someone here.